G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Reverend Ronald Burksmith is back with us today. He's authored the book What For and Why. And uh, I've actually just found out a little bit of his background too. He's uh, uh, served in a number of ministry roles over the years. In mem- uh, working in management analysis, leadership psychology, and ergonomics. And uh, he's enjoying some time in academic theological research in his retirement years. And is a part of t- uh, St. Thomas Anglican Church in Cranebrook, New South Wales. He's got three grown children who have families of their own. And uh, we're going to find out a bit more about Ron's testimony as well. But if you do want to look up the book, What, For, and Why, it is available at Kurong and Amazon and Book Depository published by Balboa Press. I've got uh, a copy of it in my hot little hands here. It's uh, a privilege to welcome to the Airways Ronald Berkswith. How are you, mate? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Now, let's uh, get to know you a bit more today. Whereabouts were you born and raised? Well, I was born in Gaythorne in Brisbane mm-hmm. um, in 1942. Um, so it was right high diddle in the middle of the war. Um, obviously, Dad was all doing his war thing, and um, and then um, a couple of years later, uh, Douglas MacArthur very kindly sort of drew the uh, Brisbane line, which scared a whole lot of people, and um, my parents, at my, well, my mother at that time with my sisters, Upton um, shot down to Sydney, uh, where we lived uh, in a number of different weird and wonderful places. Um, but anyway, yeah. And tell us a bit about your faith journey. How did you come to Christ? Well, um, to sort of sort of give the background, um, my my family weren't terribly religious um, in the sense that um, sort of anything goes with them kind of thing, and and with uh, basically uh, a kind of a, a Jewish but half. Jewish and not particularly caring one way or the other kind of background culturally with them. Um, so anyway, around about the age of six, um, I decided to go to Sunday school with some friends from school. Uh, and, uh, oh, I, I, I thought this was great because um, it started to answer some of the questions I had uh, that I wasn't getting answers for. And um, and so, um, right old age of six, uh, I thought, well, this makes sense to me. Uh, and in the, in amongst the um, dysfunction of my family, and it was a very dysfunctional family. I, I can't even begin to tell you uh, how dysfunctional it was. But anyway, in amongst all of that, because I was the youngest um, of um, four. Uh, and there's nine years difference between me and next one up sort of thing. So you can imagine. Um, I always wondered if the stork dropped me in the wrong house <laughs> or 
his sat nav was out of the work or something or other. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so, um, so so yeah, so I I was sort of this odd one uh, that sort of had this um, this face, uh, and um, yeah, there I was as a six year old, and I you know, and it sort of stayed with me. Fantastic, mate. And tell us a bit about your early career. What, what did you do when you finished school? Um, well, um, finished school, virtually went straight into seminary, went straight, straight into ministry uh, once I was ordained. Um, and my, my life basically was um, until 64 when uh, I married my beautiful wife. Um, and, um, and we, we were in ministry together, um, and, uh, uh, she was the love of my life and, um, she died in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, um, I miss her terribly, but I know where she is. Um, and, um, so, but yes, uh, but basically, um, my life has been, um, interested in in uh, helping people understand what it is that they believe and why they believe it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess you could say I've more or less had a teaching function uh, because I've always been interested in why. <laughs> yeah. so one of the biggest questions I was always asking as a kid and as a teenager and even um, uh, you know later in ministry was, yeah, okay, I understand what, and I understand how, but I want to know why. Mm. Very good. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, unpacking some of these topics today. I've had a, a bit of a look through your book, and I know uh, Neil Johnson has uh, raved about you to me. He said he, he's, he's loved having you on the radio before, and I heard you a couple of times with Neil in the past and really enjoy uh, the, the whole angle of you know asking those naughty questions, those difficult questions. So, So let's get into it. One of the topics that you tackle in your book is the topic of sin, and people are often afraid to ask about sin. Uh, just unpack yeah. that for us. Well, you see, the problem with, with, with sin is that people want to always make sin a noun. They always want to say what sin actually um, is. They want to actually say, you know, one and one make two, two and two make four, that four, therefore sin is this. Uh, and I maintain that that's not the way we should be looking at sin. We should be asking the question, why? Why uh, Why sin came about and why I have I personally have a problem with it? Now, when you start on that question, you start to understand that it's something that I can't do anything about. Inherently, it's something that I've got to confront. And uh, it's something that is there, um, and I can put all sorts of nouns to it, but basically sin is an adjective. It's a doing thing. So sin is a doing word. And and, and let's just unpack that a bit because there is, you know, know, some people think some sins are worse than other sins. Uh, You know, some people say, oh, I've never murdered anyone, so I'm not really a sinner. I've never really stolen anything, so I'm not a sinner, you know. But, you know, we, we, can, have, we can sin with our thoughts, can't we? We can sin in our hearts, can't well, we? Well, as, as I say to people that come to me and, and I minister to, um, and, and they sort of, um, 
fly flags and, you know, fly kites and all sorts of things about what sin is, you know. And, and you just take one of the things that sort of is a big issue today, uh, you know, let's just say homosexuality. Um, right. Now, is a homosexual any worse than somebody that pinches a pen from their office? Well, we believe sin is sin, according to, to the Bible, don't we? Yeah. No, the answer to that is no. And you see, and, and the other side of it is that God loves, God loves, you see, and, 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 and to that he, he act, actually said, as we see in, in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, if, in other words, if we're honest and say, yeah, okay, yeah, I did, I, I, you know, I, I'm guilty, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, and he'll forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm, mm, absolutely. So it doesn't really matter whether it's a big one or a little one or anything in between, right? The, the, the key to it is that we have to accept that it's there and it's something that we can't do anything about, and we're going to fall into it. But knowing that and knowing that it actually grieves God, we need to say, okay, I need your help and I need the power of the Holy Spirit to live the way you want me to live. And I'm sorry that I kind of mess up because I'm human. Well, I, I hear your point and, and definitely agree that, you know, sin is sin. Every, every, everyone, you know, sins. We all sin. We all need forgiveness from sins. I definitely agree with that. Let me ask you this question. Yeah. Do you think that there are consequences that are worse for some sins than others? Uh, well, now, uh, before I answer that question, do I answer that from the point of view of human rules, laws, and regulations, or God? I, I'd say from a biblical point of view, I prefer your answer. <laughs> the wages of sin is death. Yep. And the gift of God is eternal life. That's it. And you come back to that 1 John 1 thing, if we confess our sins, and it doesn't really matter whether it's a big, small, or in between. Yeah. It's the why that is the issue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, I've been preaching a series recently uh, about uh, clearing the clutter out of your life, about all the, the sins we have in our life that we need to confess and repent from. And so I preached on pride the first week. And interestingly yeah. that, uh, you know, there was a, a number of theologians that said that pride is one of the root sins that once once you confess once you commit the sin of pride, it leads to so many other sins. A bit like the devil's pride, you know, he, he, the the sin of Satan's was pride, wasn't it? Well, if you if, if you've read the book, um, you'll see in that chapter on sin of why sin. I actually go back to where that root problem was, and that was because the Satan. Um, actually had pride in his own arrogance, in his own, you know, I'm so, so good, yeah. and in his position, that he um, he rebelled. And it was, the rebellion was based on pride. But then I come back, you also notice in the book, I actually say, yeah, yeah, and, and he thought he was so clever. But in actual fact, God gave even the angels, him in particular, mm -hmm. um, free will to be able to do that. Mm. 
God wasn't shocked at what Satan did. And he wasn't shocked at what Adam and Eve did. He wasn't shocked by sin. He already had it planned what would actually happen as a result. Mm -hmm. The great redemption plan didn't start with Calvary. It started way back when he originally created everything that was created. Yeah, absolutely. And we see that messianic theme all through the Old Testament, don't we? We we see all the the scriptures pointing towards Jesus as our Messiah. Well, it's good to unpack that topic a little bit. We will open the phone lines soon, but before that, I want to ask you about another topic before we open the phone lines, because this might uh, tweak some people's interests as well. Another thing yeah. that you like to discuss in the book is the feasts of Israel and God's plan of redemption. Do you want to unpack that for us? Well, yes, um, because um, the two parts of the feast of Israel uh, are um, the former and the latter. Um, the former... Well, in the sense that we have um, this week, only yesterday, began uh, the new year, which is 5,783, according to the Hebrew reckoning of years. Um, This is the the beginning of their calculations of a year. And so we've entered into trumpets, and uh, next week um, uh, we actually, or yeah, next week we enter into Yom Kippur, um, and then tabernacles. Um, now, if we, we yeah, to to address the subject, let's not start there. Let's go back to uh, the other end of the year, which is the beginning of our year, which is the Passover. And if you think about the Passover, which was when they came out of Egypt and the blood sacrifice was sprinkled on their on their doorposts. And everything, you actually have the the uh, the metaphor for what was going to happen with Jesus, with the Messiah, that his blood was going to be shed in order that they have their freedom from slavery. The metaphor is carried out in the fact that Jesus saves us from our sin and the slavery of sin which comes back to 1 John 1, 9. Okay? Absolutely. So then when you look at the Passover, then, you, then your next thing is first fruits. First fruits follows the Passover, and, and, and so you find that uh, the Messiah was um, sacrificed and died on the cross, was buried, but first fruits, he rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. So his resurrection is first fruits, first fruit of the dead. Then we sort of carry out a period of time when, um, when actually uh, in, in, in their uh, feast, they actually celebrate a, a period of time, which is 50 days later, and they call it Pentecost. And now Pentecost is an is a, an interesting event because um, they they actually celebrate that that occasion. But it's interesting from the church's point of view that the Holy Spirit came was poured out on all mankind at Pentecost. So you can understand um, those feasts 
have actually been fulfilled in our messianic understanding. We have now, historically, in the interim period between those group feasts and the next one, which we're currently looking at at the moment, which is trumpets, Yom Kippur, and tabernacles, which actually we look forward to is trumpets. It says in, in, in the, um, the scriptures in the New Testament, at the last trump, uh, right? Yep. Christ will return. That's it. Uh, right? And we, we, we understand that at the, at the sound of the trumpet, um, you know, can I just jump in there? Can I just jump in there for a moment too? You know, I've been, you know, I was aware that the Feast of Trumpets was coming up and everything, and and I've I've been doing a bit of uh, study, uh, a, a messianic Bible study in my house recently. So I've been looking into all the feasts, and I've, I love it. It's fascinating. But you know, you know, you know, when the Queen's funeral was on, and Justin Welby yes. preached the gospel, five point one billion people apparently watched the gospel. You know. And, you know, they sung, the Lord is my shepherd. They sung these beautiful songs. And then towards the end of the funeral, these trumpets blasted. (laughs) And I looked at my wife and I said, is is this the last trumpet? Like I was kind of tongue in cheek, but... But, you know, the Bible says yeah. the gospel will be preached to all nations and then the end will come. So I thought, well, well we're getting close. Uh, but, you know, oh, yes. uh, but, you know oh, it, yes. it is good to continually acknowledge these feasts, to look at what's happened in history and to also see how it's all part of God's plan of redemption as we look to these feasts, isn't it? Well, it is. And also bear in mind that um, uh, if you understand the, 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 the logic and the... Um, and the actual understanding, um, Jesus wasn't born at, in December. He was born during a period what we call tabernacles, mm-hmm. which is coming up, okay? So when he returns, he's going to return round about the, either the trumpets or tabernacle period of time. Mm-hmm. But you see, we don't really know the time nor the hour or what year it's going to be, but we've got a, a, a pretty good idea. But when it does happen, it's going to happen in that era, yeah. in that period. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Um, and so, I just keep looking. Um, I just keep looking to Matthew twenty-four. You know, lift up your eyes for your redemption draws near. You know, I know, I know yeah. he's coming one day, and we've got to keep lifting up our eyes. Now, let's yeah, just put well, it. This, 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 this is the time that you sort of from trumpets from from this week. Yep. And next week, this is the period of time that that uh, being me being a messianic Jew. Um, get so excited because I'm anticipating that this is the period that I'm most expecting that will happen. Awesome. We've got Rowan from the Gold Coast. How are you, Rowan? Hi. Uh, yeah, doing good. I just had a, this is a great conversation. I had some very good questions to ask, and I feel he's probably the right person for me to ask these questions. All right, go for it, mate. Yeah, so, um, you know, talking about sin, I just uh, heard you guys in uh, the early part of the show talking about sin and how, uh, as you said, you know, uh, sin is sin. But I just wanted to know the degree of sin, because I certainly feel that uh, not all sin, sin is equal. So in terms of its effect, consequence, and degree of punishment on the person, uh, I really feel that. And, and we can see that certain parts of the Bible actually talk about, like, you know, unforgivable sins, such as the sin against the Holy Spirit which is unforgivable. So uh, if uh, just like a scenario, if I hate a person in my heart, that 
equivalent to killing that person. That's murder in in my heart, and that's a sin. Uh, and if I murder a person, that's also a sin. Would you classify as yeah classify that as the same sin? All right, good question, Ron. What are your thoughts, Ron? Hi, Ron. Um, now uh, let, let's get 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 a, a, a clear line on um, on sin. Um, Sin really begins with rebellion against God. First and foremost, that is the why of sin. It's rebellion against God. It's putting myself and what I want um, before anything and everyone else, including God. So um, God is actually in the scriptures, and uh, we don't need to sort of go into references, but he did say that there are certain sins that he absolutely abhors. Um, you know, he really does absolutely abhors them. Um, but having said that, um, fundamentally, sin is sin. And as I said earlier, um, whether it be on the extreme, whatever you want to call the extreme at one end, and uh, the simplicity of stealing a pen or telling a white lie, um, it, as far as God is concerned, they are both equal. Um, and you you will not inherit the kingdom with sin. Um, he, he's, he's made that very clear. But then, you see, he, he not only made it very clear, but he himself, via the incarnation, became the Messiah Jesus, Yeshua in our language, to be the example of sinlessness, empowered by the Holy Spirit, he then suffered the punishment of it and rose victorious over death, which is the last thing in order that we humans might understand the principle that what I said earlier, that Paul wrote in uh, 1 John, uh, like uh, John, should, I should say, wrote in 1 John 1. If we confess our sins, he's faithful, and he's just, and he will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's not talking about degrees of sin. That's not talking about one thing being more equal than the other. You cannot sin and go to heaven, but you can be preserved as the brother of Jesus, Jude, said. You can be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus, not faultless, blameless, by the power of the Holy Spirit because of what was done by Jesus. Now, which brings us back to the question of the Holy Spirit, which I may sort of just pick what I think is your other question. The Holy Spirit is given to us when we confess our sins and we actually acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. The Holy Spirit comes to us to empower us. I don't think that we really need to sort of play around with games of, this is the evidence of it. What do you mean the evidence? Do you need an evidence? The evidence is the way you live from that moment onward. You don't need 
tongues or giftings or anything like that. The fruits of the Spirit are clearly articulated in Scripture. The fruits of the Spirit. Now, that's what God is going to be looking for. Okay? Wonderful. Hey, Rowan, thanks so much for your call, mate. Thanks, lot. We've got Nora from North Queensland on the line. Uh, hey, Nora, have you got a question for our guest, uh, Reverend Ron, today? Yes, I have. The question is, is it breaking God's law if we are not going to church every Sunday? Good question, Nora. What are your thoughts, Ron? Well, I don't know where, uh, where I see anywhere in the Scriptures that it's a law uh, that you actually have to go to church on Sunday. Um, to start Thank with, uh, in the, um, to, to start with, in the beginning, um, they would have uh, been in the Old Testament anyway. They they uh, they would have been worshiping on a Saturday uh, because that was the Sabbath, uh, and it still is right now. Uh, it is a Sabbath, and those of us who are uh, Jewish and Messianic Jewish worship on the Sabbath. But what is it that we're doing? Um, and so I pose the, the the title of my book, What For and Why. Why are you worshipping or going to church? What are you doing at church? Um, well, I presume that the whole purpose of you going to church is to worship God. But can you only worship God in a church? Or is it really that we go to church to fellowship with other Christians to enjoy their company and to share our beliefs. But in actual fact, we worship God 24-7. That's an interesting um, question mark I put there. So you see, what I'm saying is that um, don't get caught into the trap that rules and regulations say you've got about 10 churches, and if you don't attend church, you're going to hell. That's that's not what scriptures and that's not what God is talking about. God, God, you can worship God anywhere at any time. The whole purpose of going to church is to fellowship with other fellow Christians to learn, to learn of God, to learn and grow in your your development as a Christian, um, and to appreciate the joy of your salvation. But going to church isn't going to get you to heaven. The devil has many, many angels in the churches, I can assure you. Nora, any uh, thoughts or comments on that? No, that's the answer that I wanted to hear because I was a bit hung up about if I was breaking or I was causing grief not going to church every Sunday if it was a, a, a law of God I know the Old Testament, there was a law of God, but we're in the New Testament now, and we're under the days of grace. So we are free to worship wherever we want, aren't we? We are, yes. And, and, even, and even then in the Old Testament, there was no law that you had to actually be in the synagogue on, on, the, on the Sabbath day. There was no law. It wasn't a law. But you, you, the law was that you honour God. Keep the Sabbath day holy. And keep it holy. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do that. 
you can do that on on an isolated island in the middle of the Pacific. Thank you very much. That's answered my question. Okay. Good on you, Nora. Thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, I'll just uh, add my two cents in there. You know, we know the Bible says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together, uh, but it's not a law. Yeah. It's a it's a suggestion, and uh, it's yeah. and it's actually good advice because you know it, it is true that you you end up being around. Uh, you, you end up being like who you hang around. So it is good to go to church and good to hang around yeah. with believers, and uh, and not just to worship God and receive good teaching, but also to serve. I'm, I'm very big on that topic. You know, I believe we're all we've all got gifts. And, uh, you know, the, yes. the Apostle Paul talks about it, that if we all used our gifts in the body of Christ, we'd be a healthy church. So don't just think mm. you're going to church to get something. Don't be a consumer when it comes to church. Uh, don't just be a spectator when it comes to church. Go there to be a participator. Go there to use your gifts and to serve, because to have a healthy church, we all need to play our part using our spiritual gifts. Uh, that's my two cents. Uh, Ron, what do you reckon? I agree with you, but don't go there out of law. No, that's right. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing that Jesus banged on about, so much about the Pharisees. They are so much onto the law and the rules and regulations and everything, and he said, you're missing the whole point of the relationship with God. Yeah, I don't go to church because I have to go to church. I go to church because I get to go to church. I love it. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. All right. right. Well, if you'd like to join the conversation, give us a call, 1-800-316-316. And we've got Primula from Tweed Heads. I uh, hope I've pronounced your name correctly. How are you, Primula? I'm good, thank you. Did I get your name right? Yes, Primula, yes. Primula, beautiful. What would you like to chat about? Well, actually, I'm going through some grief at the moment, Mm -hmm. and I have said something which I was not supposed to say, but you know, the power of the tongue, Yes, and it it just put me down, and now I'm asking for that forgiveness, which I have asked God first, and now I'm asking that forgiveness to the person that I have said it, and that person doesn't agree, and he, he or she, whoever that was my relative, uh, says that, uh, well, you said it, and there is no sorry. You know, you're asking for forgiveness, and you're saying sorry. Why did you say it? And they are not believers, as us and me. Uh, it's very hard for me to tell them to make them understand it's like from my heart I'm saying I should not have done that which I have said that and I know I admit it's very wrong please forgive me and they're not saying that or Ah, communicating with Mm -hmm. hurt I know which hurts me so much I said how can I make them understand but as I'm hurting it just constantly in my mind, you know, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm not free. I said, why I have done that? I should not have done that. I have done it and now I'm regretting and suffering. So my question, how can I get over it? What I should do? Okay. Thank you so much, Primula. Ron, what are your thoughts? Oh, well, first of all, what a pretty name Primula is. I, I, I love the Primula flower. So, um, so congratulations on that one, Primula. Um, to answer the question, 
Um, we are called to forgive. Um, and uh, first of all, um, forgiveness comes from from if 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 I have actually done something or hurt somebody or said something that's wrong, and I've actually admitted to that and asked for forgiveness, then in actual fact, I have actually transferred that to the person that I'm actually communicating with. Now, whether they actually accept that and forgive or not is not my responsibility. So, Primula, what I'm saying to you is you've admitted a wrong, you recognised a wrong, you have asked for forgiveness for that wrong. As far as God is concerned, he has forgiven that as long as you've actually asked him for forgiveness as well, right? And and you have if you've asked the person, there's a, there's if you think of a triangle, there's there's three parts to it. There's you asking forgiveness of this person, but there's also you asking forgiveness from God for what you did to hurt that person. And then there's a third element of it where you have to actually forgive yourself of what you've done. Now, when you actually have those three parts in place, it doesn't really matter whether they do or don't forgive you because that's their responsibility before God and God will judge them, not you. Does that make sense? Amen. It does. It does. I know, but I just wanted to hear from the other person's mouth. Like, I was, I feel so guilty and makes me sad every day. And I'm, and knowing that I know God has forgiven our sins when He died on the cross. And it doesn't mean that we humans will not sin because we are just humans. We do at a time get out of control of the spirit. And you do something that you're not supposed to do. And then you quickly realize that too, what I have done. And then you ask for forgiveness. It's not that you just carry on and be happy. You cannot be happy in your life if you hurt somebody. And that's why I knelt down and I asked for God's forgiveness and Holy Spirit to control me, control my mouth, not to say something which I'm not supposed to say. If I don't know what to say, be quiet and don't say it at all. And then this mistake, I just did it and I was regretting and I believe your answer makes sense. It is good. I have asked God's forgiveness and I know my God has forgiven me. He said, if you do it from your heart, meaningly, admitting, then he will forgive you. He knows the heart. He knows the heart. And Primula, can we just pray for you right now? Is that okay? Okay, thank you, yes. All right, well, wherever you are across the nation, join with me and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just lift up Primula right now and we thank you, Lord, that she has confessed her sin. She has been forgiven by you. But, Lord, we pray that you'll also give her peace. Lord, that you'll take away any trauma, uh, any uh, attack from the enemy that's... uh, you know, any, any condemnation from the enemy? We thank you that your word says, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
for the law of the Spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. We thank you, Lord, that she's not condemned. And, Lord, we just pray that you'll just give her your peace and your healing and your comfort right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much for your call, Primula, and uh, we, uh, we, we will continue to hold you up in our prayers. Thank you so much. Thank God, you. God bless. And if you'd like to call through, you can call on 1-800-316-316. We'd love to hear from you if you've got a question. Our guest is Reverend Ron Burksmith. Uh, and we've got James from Perth in WA on the line right now. Hey, James, you've got a question. Hey, just first of all, I just want to say a really good program. Um, I think it's wonderful work. Um, just with regards to uh, that lady that phoned in on the, um, the church going, I think it's sort of said in the Bible you need to get to the... Um, gatherings of the church but i don't think you're right it's not a law reverend um but i do believe it's where we get food for our souls um so building off of that but my question really is um what does a good life or example look like um you know if uh, earning respect not demanding respect what what does that look like for for you Ron, what are your thoughts? I'm trying to sort of um, uh, understand the question. Um, to me, uh, uh, a good life, a, a, a person who I can respect and look up to, uh, if, if that's what I'm sort of understanding of the question, um, to me is, is a person that reads, knows and understands his Bible and has a good relationship with God. Um, one of the people that actually has had the most profound effect on me, on my life, was a, um, a, an amazing man. He was a, a Holocaust survivor, um, and, uh, and he was, as it happened, he was a Salvation Army officer. Um, but he he had the most profound effect on my life um, because he not only um, taught me to look at scriptures um, in a certain way, uh, but he also taught me to uh, to understand God um, and to understand my relationship with Him, and he taught me how to read scripture in that relationship of knowing where I stood with God and what God thinks about me, that he loves me and that he, he, has, he has come down in the form of Yeshua, the Messiah, for me. Uh, that's how much he loves. Now, I actually saw that personified in the life of Gerben and... Um, now, Gerben's gone home to be with the Lord now, but I still, I still to this day, uh, hold him, not that I worship him or anything like that, but I hold him as the example of what to me that I would want my life to be. That's wonderful. Our time's almost up, Ron, but uh, uh, James, thank you so much for your call, mate. Thanks, mate. Bye. Yeah. 
And uh, I just wanted to say, Ron, it's been awesome getting to know you over the past hour or so. Uh, and uh, I'm certainly going to uh, have a read of this book now that uh, Neil's given me a copy. <laughs> uh, if people want to, people if people want to find out more, the book is called What for and Why, and it's spelt yes. W O T the number four and and Y the the letter, and it's by Ronald Burksmith. And if you want to find yes. out more, the book is available. Uh, at uh, some uh, different uh, retailers around the place, uh, there's uh, it's at Kurong, Amazon, and Book Depository, uh, published by Balboa and you Press. You can also go to the website, which is um, what for. It's, instead of the ampersand, it's the A and D. Why? Um, if you go to the dot uh, com. Yep. Uh, so the, the the website is what for and why question yep. mark. Uh, dot com, and you could actually see a whole lot more about the book, and also you can actually know where to order it and everything like that. Yeah, wonderful, fantastic. All right, Ron, it's been awesome catching up with you today. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you very much indeed. Okay, God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.